certainly a great blessing that we have to be here this morning. As it's been stated, we're thankful that you're here. I believe as we walk this Christian life, there are things that we need to be reminded of. I know in, in the book of Peter, Peter talks about stirring up our minds to remembrance. There are things that we need to talk about as Christians from time to time, subjects that we need to discuss that I think are very important to us. I want to discuss something here with you this morning. And we're going to start with 3 John, the fourth, chat, fourth verse there. It says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, I understand that this, the context of this verse is not specific to the relationship between parents and children. John was writing to a man named Gaius. He was writing to those that he had labored with in the gospel But still, the the truth is is there when we think about the relationship of parents and children. As a parent, there's no greater joy, there's no greater fulfillment than to see our children walk in truth. And that's what I want to discuss with you here this morning. You know, as I was raising my kids, it was not important to me that they were famous or wealthy. But I prayed a prayer, and I prayed it often, and that prayer was that I could instill in them a love for Christ, and a love for His church. And that's the same prayer that I pray for you as young people that have children today. Because I know that if you can instill in them a love for Christ, your job is going to be so much easier. And you're going to be successful if you can do that, if you instill in them a love for Christ and for His church. And so that's what I want to discuss with you here this morning. You know, as Christian parents, you have a great task to raise children in the environment, in the culture that we live in today. It takes a great commitment and a great effort. And aside from our personal commitment to God, there is no greater, no more honorable task than that of raising godly children. As we consider this subject, I want to turn to Psalms 127, and I want to read some verses there. The verses that will be on the PowerPoint this morning are all King James Version. I know that the Bibles in front of you are New King James, but this PowerPoint is prepared with the King James uh, Version, so just keep that in mind as we go through our study this morning. (coughs) In Psalms 127, it says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. He says, it's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. You know, I love this reading because I I believe that it creates a beautiful picture of what parenthood is and what it should be. The picture is that the analogy that is used in these verses is that of an archer and the arrows are his children. And I would like for us to think about that analogy as we consider the subject this morning. You know, this text says that children are a heritage of the Lord. 
Heritage in definition is something that comes or belongs to one by reason of birth, something that is reserved for one. And I think sometimes we get this wrong. We think that our children are our heritage, but this verse says that they are a heritage of the Lord. They belong to God. Our children are just gifts that are given to us, and it's our responsibility to raise them in a way that they recognize God as, they, as their creator and that we prepare them and equip them and then return them to him. Anyone that's aware knows that raising children is a monumental task, but the good news is that we have help. And we must raise our children in cooperation with God. Again, I refer to the first verse of our reading this morning. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. We have to work in cooperation with God if we are going to be successful in raising godly children. In 1 Corinthians 3, beginning in verse 6, it says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. You know what? It takes all of these things working in cooperation. When we think about planting a crop and growing a crop, it's all necessary. It has to be planted, it has to be watered, but without God, there is no increase. And that's ver the very same principle, the very same concept when we think about raising children. At our very best, we cannot be successful without God. Children are God's reward. And I believe that goes in two ways. Christ children are a blessing to us as parents, and they are a blessing to God as their creator. And you as children, I want you to understand and to know that you are important. You are loved by God. Every one of you have a purpose, <clears throat> and you are important to our Heavenly Father. Christ himself said that, that even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Each, fear not, therefore, ye are more valuable of more value than many sparrows. God knows you because He created you. He knows you and every intimate detail of you. So understand, young people, that you are important to God and to your parents. Our children are our legacy. You know, I think I can say this of everyone that's in the audience this morning. There's not a one of us that, are, that have world renown. We've not accomplish some great thing that is recognized by a lot of people. We're not famous, but our legacy will be told in our children. The question we have to ask ourselves, will they always follow the Lord? Will they influence others for good? Our legacy lies within our children and their children and their children. And this is a concept that God has taught his people from the very earliest of times. I want us to go to the book of Deuteronomy in Deuteronomy 6 and read there. Before we read, let's understand that this is a time where the children of Israel had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And it was at this time that they were to go into the promised land to possess it. 
God was giving them the opportunity to start over fresh. He was giving them the opportunity to do it right, and the responsibility was laid squarely upon the shoulders of the fathers. Let's read beginning in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 6. It says, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. You know, what we do today uh, will affect countless people that will come after us. I read a quote that I believe is so true. It says, what makes greatness is starting something that will live after you. And that's the opportunity that we have in raising children. Let's go back to the analogy that was presented in our reading this morning. It said that children are like arrows. The analogy is that you as parents are the archer and your children are the arrows. The arrows don't shoot themselves, but they are shot by the skillful hand of the archer. You know, that takes great preparation and strategy. Uh, Jason and others I know are are good at bow hunting, and that's something that you don't just pick up and learn overnight. It's it's something that you develop a skill for, and you use your whole body when you you do that. And I think about the arrows that they use. They are made out of a strong material. They're made out of something so that they will fly straight and true. They have a fletching on the end, the feathers or other material, and that, that, those are placed very meticulously so that that arrow flies straight. These are all concepts that you've got to understand as parents, that it takes great effort. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, training a child is knowing and understanding the abilities of each of these children and and training them in a way that is specific to each child. Each child is different and they have to be handled differently. We have to, as parents, build character within these children. Building character in a child means building patterns of behavior that respond properly to authority and to life's circumstances. Again, let's go to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 31 and verse 13. It says, And that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land, whether you go over Jordan to possess it. Time and time again under the old law, God gave instruction to His people how they were to train their children. And He said it was from a very early age. And it was something that was done in a continual process, starting as they were young and continuing to follow through with that. You know, we ask, we are asked the question sometimes, when do we start? When do you start training a child? The answer is yesterday. I think about that question that's asked, when is the best time to plant a tree? And the answer is 20 years ago. The, The answer is we can't start too early. We've got to understand that according to age-appropriate things, we train children from a very, very early age. 
Isaiah 28 and verse 9 says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. It is never too early to teach our children. It begins at birth and it's a gradual process. You know, those of you who are parents, you're blessed with young children. Let me encourage you, don't get bogged down in the little things. Don't get bogged down and be short-sighted. Look at where you're going. Look at what your goal is in raising these children to become servants of God. Let's go to the next verse here in Isaiah 28. It says, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Raising children is a gradual process, and it's something that's done with persistence. I think about the task of, of a brick mason. You know, I, you, you look at a, a house or a building when it is built, and they go to put brick on it. And you take brick that's six to eight inches long, and you think, how am I going to cover this entire building? But it's done on a gradual basis. That brick mason will stretch a line that'll be true and straight, and he'll follow that line and guide him as he lays those bricks. He'll take each brick individually and apply the mortar and put it in place. And it's something that takes some time, but over time, and with persistence and consistency, the job is done and it's finished. That is so true when we think about raising children. It is, it is a task that is very tedious at times, but it's something that we do in layers. It's something that we do in a process. And over time, it comes to fruition. Paul speaks to the young evangelist Timothy, and he said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Paul knew of the faith that was in Timothy's mother and his grandmother, the generations before him. And I said, I trust, he said, I trust the same will be in you. As again, it's a process that goes through generations and it takes time, and it's a very consistent, a very deliberate process. Again, let's go back to our analogy of the bow, of, of the person that uses a bow and arrow. You know, an archer is trained to use his whole body to draw the bow. It's not just the arm muscles, but it's the muscles in the back and our upper body. The grip on the bow has, is very important too. It must be firm, but not too tight. You know, it's difficult when we use that analogy and when we apply it to raising children. Sometimes our uh, initial reaction is to hold on tight and to control those children. And there's a time for that when they're infants, when they're young. But in, in a very short time, it's not that we control them, but that we teach them how to control themselves. How we teach them to make application of God's Word and God's standards. Colossians 3 and verse 21 says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Again, there's a proper way for us to discipline and train children. We need to be careful that we don't provoke them to anger, but that we do our correction, our instruction in love. Again, thinking of our archery example, the aim has to be right. You know, an archer uses a sight on that bow to be sure of his target. 
He also is aware of the wind, of the elevation, the drop from where he's standing to his target, and all of that is taken into account before he makes that shot. So I ask you as parents, what are you aiming at? What is your target? Parents must be aware of all the variables that are around them in raising children. And here's a list that's just a few of the things that you have to be aware of. You've got to be aware of your friends, the friends that your children choose and who you allow them to spend time with. You have to be aware of technology and when and how and and what's the proper time for children to use technology. We have to think about changes in our culture. You know, Rhonda and I have enjoyed watching some of the Olympics and, and we were watching last night and it was something that just really disturbed me. There was a diver and all that the commentators could talk about was his same-sex relationship and how great it was and they talked about family and how important it was to him. These are just a few of the things that you as young parents are going to have to deal with because it's so prevalent in our society today. You've got to learn how to deal with that in a loving manner, to teach your children what is right and give them a biblical perspective because they are going to be uh, surrounded with these things and it's things that they are going to be taught and told is something that's normal. We also have to think about conformity. The world wants us to conform, but God's Word tells us that we are to be transformed. Our society talks to us about acceptance. Those around us will tell us that there are no moral absolutes, but that everything is subject to interpretation. Morality and discretion, these are just a few of the things that you as parents will navigate and need to discuss with your children. So I ask you, what is your goal? Our goal should be to raise Christian children that grow up and have Christian homes of their own. We often talk about pursuing excellence. We as parents must promote spiritual excellence. You know, our purpose as parents not, is not that our children will always make decisions that please us, but that we train them to make decisions that will please God. Don't ever lose sight of your purpose. Again, let's think about excellence. And I think about when, when I was raising our boys, there are things that we can allow our children to be a part of, like sports, stock shows, academics, work, all of these things. But I think about that scripture that tells us that bodily exercise profiteth little. Does that mean there's no profit? No, but it says it's small, it's minuscule. And that is so true of all these other things that our children can be involved in. They may can learn some life lessons from those things, but when compared to their spiritual training, it is extremely small. And let's keep those things in perspective as we raise children. And let's allow them and encourage them to pursue spiritual excellence. Our focus has to be on spiritual matters. Romans 8 and verse 6 says, For for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Even though we are in the world, 
we should not be of the world. In John 17, beginning in verse 14, it says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Christ speaking here, he said that we should not be of the world. He said we're in the world, we function in the world, but we shouldn't be of the world. Again, I go back to our analogy of the archer. You know, all of the things that he has to take, to take into consideration as he aims at that target, any miscalculation can cause us to miss the mark. We must give our children the proper example. Those of you with, that are parenting young children, I want you to understand that the idea is not perfection. Don't make those statements that my child won't do this or that my child won't make a mistake. You can guarantee that they will. They're going to make mistakes, but when those things are guided in the proper way, mistakes can be some of the greatest teachers. That allows us as parents some teachable moments. So understand that and know and, and work on those things as they grow. Proverbs 1 and verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. I really think it's important to think about the words in Proverbs as King Solomon gave instruction to his children. He said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the very basic. It's the foundation. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. You know, the greatest gift that you can give your children is to be a godly parent. Never ever pretend perfection, but be real and be genuine. Our children need parents who are models. And you know, modeling is more than just doing the right thing. Modeling is teaching our children that we aren't perfect and that we make mistakes. Modeling is showing them and demonstrating to them how to handle failure when it occurs. I want us to look at some character traits that we must demonstrate and instill in our children. And again, this is a long list and not exhaustive, but it's things that that we need to learn and understand. There's contentment, courage, courtesy, discernment, fairness, friendliness, generosity, gentleness, honesty, humility, obedience, patience, persistence, self-control, and thankfulness. You know, character is something, again, that we build piece by piece, layer by layer. Character defined is the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. But you know, when, when we look at what character is put into practice, character is when we teach our children and they learn how to stay within a budget as an adult. Character is 
them learning to turn to God in times of success and in times of difficulty and pain. Character is when our children choose a mate wisely and then they resolve conflict in a loving way. Character is choosing to turn to God in times of financial prosperity and in times of crisis. And character leads our children to keep their body and their mind pure when all, all of the world around them and everything that's in them tells them to give in to the temptation. That's, <clears throat> that's what character is. And again, it's something that is modeled by parents. It's something that you live on a daily basis. We need to give our children unconditional love, just like our Father, our Heavenly Father, loves us unconditionally. Proverbs 4, verse 1 says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother, he taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Again, such wise words from Solomon as he instructed his own children. Luke 15 and verse 20 says, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This is a familiar reading of the prodigal son. He had been away in a far country, but it says when he decided to return home that the father was looking down the road. He was waiting and he was watching for him. Now that doesn't mean that there wasn't consequence for his actions. He had certainly suffered greatly, but the father was there with unconditional love, always waiting for his return. True love is not giving someone what they want, it's giving them what they need. As a parent, you need to give your children constant encouragement. Again, let's go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, beginning in verse 21. It says, My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they, so shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then thou shalt walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. He says in verse 25, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Again, the instruction of Solomon to his children, he said, The Lord is your confidence. That's what we need to teach our children, that their confidence should be in Christ and in God. You know, there's a difference in praise and encouragement. It should never be our desire as parents to build our children up with pride, but encouragement tells them that I'm proud of you and what you are in Christ. We need to give our children instruction. Proverbs 2, verse 1, the Bible says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, 
Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if you seekest her as silver and searchest her as for hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. It's imperative that you as parents teach your children the Word of God, and that instruction should be enjoined with training. Again, I go back to Proverbs 22, verse 6, and the Bible tells us there to train our children and to recognize their strengths and to develop in them the talents. As parents, you need to give your children reasonable restrictions. Proverbs 6, verse 20 says, My son, keep my father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead, them, lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Understand, limitations are not bad. Restrictions give children confidence. You know, sometimes our children just need us to be the bad guy, so to speak. You know, peer pressure can be relentless. And children that don't have any guidelines, don't have restrictions, they have nothing to fall back on. But you as a parent have to be that one that sets the restrictions and, and takes the heat, so to speak, so that our children don't have to. I'm reminded of the prophet Eli in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 13. God instructs Samuel to, to announce this judgment that God had, had passed on Eli. And as you read in the book of, of Samuel, we see how that Eli was a godly man. He was a prophet of God, but he had a, a great downfall. He made some great mistakes. In verse 13, it says, for I, God speaking to, to Samuel, he said, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Eli, a good man, but yet he failed to restrain his own children, and he paid the price for it. As a parent, I would encourage you to be fair. You know, the answer doesn't always have to be no. Give your children a listening ear. Proverbs 18, verse 13 says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. You know, as parents, you must be willing to listen to your children when they want to talk. When we do this, when we listen, it builds confidence and self-worth in God. Again, as a parent, create a, a happy environment in the home. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart 
hath a continual feast. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. You know, we need to teach our children to be happy. And again, that happiness, that joy comes from the Lord. We shouldn't want to uh, give them wealth or indulgence, but rather help them to understand what is truly important and help them to prioritize. As we conclude this morning, I want to give you some practical things as parents that you can do in raising children. First of all, I would ask you to ask God to make you mighty. That means prayer. You need to be constant in prayer. You need to work on shaping, sharpening, and preparing your children as arrows. In other words, you must teach. You need to work on your skills as an archer. In other words, you need to be a model. I would ask that we all rethink our goals for our family. And that means that we be intentional. I would encourage you to take careful aim. In other words, be deliberate. And then finally, you must release them. That means let them go. One of the most difficult things as a parent is to do that, is to let your children go. Do your job while they are yours to influence, and then allow them to stop being dependent on you and teach them to be dependent upon God. Do your job well, and then have faith that your godly teaching will lead them to be productive Christians. Years ago, I was in the office of a friend of mine, and, and he had a, a clipping under the glass on his desk. And, and I asked for a copy of it, and it's something that, that I've kept on the bulletin board in my office for years, and I want to share that with you as, as we conclude this morning. It says, Our children are given to us by the Lord all on loan for a very short period of time. Like a packet of flower seeds with no pictures on the cover and no guarantee, they come to us. Our goal for our children is to help them to become God-aware, faithful, confident, competent, independent, fully functioning human beings. The loan period ends after about a decade and a half. Those are the things that I prepared here this morning. I hope that something that we have discussed from God's Word will be of benefit to you. If you're here today and subject to the gospel call, if you've been taught and would like to respond to Christ in obedience, we want to encourage you to do that. If you're here today and the prayers of the brethren here in this place would be of a help and encouragement to you, we also would ask you to respond as we sing the song of invitation.